Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Let's lift our hands together and entertain the presence of God for a moment. Come on, let's love Him together. Come on, front to back, side to side. Let's love the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, love Him all over the building right now. God has been to me. Hey, he's a great God. We serve a great God. Are you glad to be in the presence of a great God in the midst of a great people? Amen. God's doing great things. Can you say amen? It's good to to be here in the building with you. And uh, why don't you turn turn around to somebody and tell them it's it's good to see your face. Even if it's half of it, it's good to see it. And I know, I know tonight that uh, we're not online and and uh, and uh, can't can't press a button and give a heart or or type amen. We're we're gonna have to say amen in the building tonight. <laughs> I think we're glad about it though. I think we'd much rather say amen than typing. <laughs> man, it's good to be in the body. It's good to be in the house of God with the body of Christ. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. in the greatest hour of the church I'm glad to be a part of it thankful for the opportunity to teach you tonight and I'll be getting into details of what I'm teaching in a moment you know um, we've had a we have an amazing school here and uh, hard to believe that Monday through Friday, we have over 50 students that walk these halls and and have daily Bible devotions and teachings, and and they're being filled with the Word of God. And uh, I, I want to say to everybody in this room, thank you, thank you for investing prayers and time and treasure and all of those things for making a way for other students to go. Some of you gave and said and said pay for somebody's way to go. And uh, uh, we're, we're thankful for, for this body. And uh, you're making a difference in lives every day of the week. Every day of the week. We have something going on in this building. Did you know that? Monday through Friday, service Saturday, Sunday. This church isn't going down in the middle of a pandemic. This church is going up. Amen. His people, his people thrived in Egypt. They didn't, they, he said, the, 
Scripture says the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. And we're seeing growth in the midst of affliction. Say amen to that. Colossians 2 and verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Turn to your neighbors, say, walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Somebody say, established in the faith. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Thankful heart's very important. Verse 8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. What is philosophy? Philosophy is another teaching. Philosophy is another, uh, another belief. Uh, he said, don't, be, don't let any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men or after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ, for in him, somebody shout him, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, verse 10, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We are complete in him, amen. He said in verse six, Walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's pray tonight. I'm going to be teaching tonight our vision and system, and we're going to talk about step two, which is grow. Everybody say grow. Turn to your neighbor and tell him grow. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house together, God, and in a day like today, we don't take it for granted to be able to come together on a Wednesday night and fellowship, God, and, and be edified and, and, and be encouraged by your word and by the body. I pray, God, that you would help us, help us tonight, Lord, grow in you and understand the importance of of growth. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. Turn to a couple people around you, tell them you need to grow tonight before you're seated. <clears throat> All the short people took offense to that. Last week, we began, excuse me, not last week, the beginning of the year, pastor brought to us the vision of the Anchor Church, not just for the year, but who we are. The vision of our church is restoring people to a greater purpose. Will you say that with me? Restoring people to a greater purpose. Why? Is it necessary to communicate a vision? Well, Scripture tells us that without a vision, the people perish. 
When he brought them out of Egypt, he did not bring them out just so that they could wander in a desert, just so that they could be free from the past. He had much more for them than just being free from what they were bound with. He had much more for them than just being set free. Now he wanted to take them out, but not only take them out, he wanted to bring them in to his purpose and fulfillment for their life. Can you say amen to that? Canaan land was not a representation of heaven, but it was a representation of purpose or destiny because when we go to that place, when we can get to that place, the scripture says it flows with milk and it flows with honey. You live in houses that you didn't build and vineyards that you didn't plant. I'm going to tell you, we cannot just be set free from our past. We have to get to a place where God has called us to be. We've got to see God's will come to pass for our lives. We don't want you here just to fill a seat. We don't believe God called you here just to fill a pew and pay tithe. We don't believe that. We believe that God sent you here because you have a purpose. You have a role in the kingdom of God. This church is too small and this world is too big for ministry just to be left to a few elders and pastor. This world is too big and billions of people are way too lost for, our, for us just to say, hey, thank you for being here. We don't expect anything from you other than just to listen to what we have to, have to say. That's not the church. That's never been the church and that never will be the church. You are the church of the living God. You are the believer that God has placed his power and purpose inside of. And you have a plan. You have a purpose in the kingdom of God. Would somebody say, I agree with that. I agree with that. I am more than just a person. I am a man. I am a, I'm a delegate. I am an ambassador for the kingdom of God. So why do we have a vision? We have a vision so that to have a place or to have a goal in front of us. Amen. We have a vision so that we can be more than just a maintenance church, but so that people can accomplish what God has placed in their life. Can somebody say amen? So we have a vision, but with that vision, we have a system. You see it on the back of this card. If you got this card, wave it up real high. All the cards in the building. We have a system because what good, what good is it to look what good is it to look at something and to see it if you can't have it? That's torture. I talked about steak fajitas last week that, you know, after the, after the service was over, I went home and ate steak fajitas. It would have been miserable if I had just talked about them right here and never would have went home and ate them. But I'm going to tell you right now, I went home and I ate some steak fajitas. Amen. Making y'all jealous right now. You hungry yet? It'd be miserable just to look at them and not be able to get them. If the vision is the eyes, the system is the legs. That's how we get there. Do you understand that your body is made up of systems? 
and the systems produce a functioning, working, moving body? What are some of the systems in your body? Well, the nervous system. I'm going to take you to ACA right now. You ready? The cardiovascular system, the skeletal system, and I think there's other systems after that. <laughs> I'm just the principal. I don't teach it. I'm just, there's, there's more. They, they know about it. But the systems that are within your body make sure that your heart beats and your mind thinks and, and, and your stomach gets hungry and, and it tells you when you're thirsty. The systems in your body make, keep you alive, keep you breathing. I'm thankful for the systems that are alive in my body. We have a system in this church because it's not good enough to have prophecy and promises about the future if we don't have a way to get there. And so our system accomplishes the vision. The system accomplishes or gets us to the place where God has called us to go. Can you say amen to that? So what is our system? It's threefold. Say love, grow, go. First, you've got to, how, how do I, how am I restored to a relationship with Christ? How am I restored into my purpose? Well, first, I've got to love God. Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 12, let me review here with you for a moment, that the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all of of your strength. Scripture tells us that this is the first and greatest commandment. So when you come to church, you don't come to church for any other purpose than to fall in love with your creator and fall in love with his word. How do we love God? Scripture tells us, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So how do I love God? I get, I, I, there is a desire that is birthed within me over, over a process where I learn how to keep his commandments. The, the things that I once loved, I now hate. And the things I once hate, I now love. There is a change in, in commitment. And, and so we fall in love with God, but not just with God, we fall in love with people. Amen. Somebody say people. If you read on in Matthew chapter 12, scripture tells us right after the first commandment, and he said the second one is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Somebody say amen to that. He said, it's important to love me, but just as important as it is to love me, you've got to love your neighbor just as much as you love you. Because when God called us into the kingdom, he didn't call us into the kingdom just for us. He called us into the kingdom for others. And so he gives us a love for the people that are around us. Can I ask you tonight, uh, some of you are wondering maybe, why 
is this important? Why has pastor, uh, why has pastor taken uh, the first month and even into February and March? Why is pastor taking this time to communicate or, or to have uh, me communicate ab- about these things? I'll tell you why. Because we must have not just vision and prophecy, but we must have a way to get there. We must have a structure in the Old Testament. And this isn't in my notes tonight. But if you study the golden candlesticks, those golden candlesticks held the oil that made those lamps burn. Without the structure of that candlestick, the oil would be lost. And so we can have a moment of freedom, a moment of an experience with God. But if it's not kept within the structure, the oil will be momentary. The, the freedom will be moment. Come on, we've seen it before. People come and get involved, get life change happens and, and, and all of a sudden they, they go back to living the way they live. Why is that? Is it possible that we might not have had a system for them to fall into? Maybe. But a structure is what keeps that oil alive. Well, I don't know if a vision and a system is all that important. Well, tell that to Joseph. As a matter of fact, tell that to Joseph's family. Because when Joseph had the dream that there's going to be seven years, is everybody okay? Am I going too fast? Sometimes I talk too fast. Because when Joseph had a dream, Brother Sharp, there's going to be seven years of plenty, but then there's going to be seven years of famine. Joseph had a dream, but that dream would have been useless if Joseph wouldn't have brought the system into play. The system is what saved Joseph's own family. You understand that? The system that Joseph put in place, put storehouses, gather the extra for these seven years and put it away. And when you do that, you're going to have enough to get through the seven years of famine. And because Joseph placed a system in Egypt, his own family could be saved from the famine that was going on in that day. And could I tell you, amen, on this Wednesday night that we don't put, we've We've not put this system in for any other reason than to make sure that the people that God has entrusted us with, to make sure that they don't just live spiritually temporarily, but that they live 5, 10, 20 years from now flourishing and growing in the kingdom of God. That is the purpose of our vision and our system. So... We love God and we love people. We love God by attending services and completing first steps. You heard about that last week. If you didn't catch it, go back and rewatch it. But let's talk tonight about step two. You've got to grow in your faith. Somebody say grow in faith. You have to grow in God. We celebrate repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost, as we should 
All of heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. We rejoice and thank God for that. But let us never forget that it is a new birth. Not a new saint. It is a new beginning for somebody in the kingdom of God. We celebrate those things, and we ought to, and I thank God I'm a part of a church that believes in that and sees that on a weekly basis. But just as much as we believe in initial salvation through the evidence of speaking in tongues, we also believe the scripture when it says, he that endureth until the end, he is the one that's going to be saved. And so we emphasize emphasize in this building tonight, not just repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost. It is the will of God that we don't just stop there, but we, as the scripture says in Colossians 2, we grow in faith. We walk in him. We become rooted and built up in Christ. Amen. Abounding in him with thanksgiving. Can I tell you tonight, it is necessary to grow in the kingdom of God. It is necessary to grow in your knowledge of God. Well, I know all there is to know. Are you sure? I've experienced all that there is to experience in God. I would challenge that and tell you, I don't know of anybody in this building, maybe pastor, he's probably the closest one to it, but I don't know of anybody in this building that has experienced everything that God has to offer. I would tell you tonight that this book is an ocean and your God is a, is a wealth of knowledge. He is an ocean that we have yet to see the end of. Can I tell you, there is always room to grow in God. Can you say amen to that? How do we grow? How do we grow in God? Here's what you have to understand. You, I might hurt you now. You are dirt. How'd that go? Turn to your neighbor. Tell him, you our dirt. Short people are having a bad night, I'm telling you. Picked on for being short, now they're being called dirt. Come back Sunday, pastor will pick you up and make you feel better. <laughs> You're dirt. You were created out of the dirt. You look great. In your outfit, and your tie's nice, and your hair's done all nice, but, but when we really get down to it, you're just, you're just a dirt pile. You're just a dirt pile. Yeah, yeah. Here's, what, here's the point I want to make. The only substance in the world that seeds can grow in is dirt. And you are such. <laughs> and such were some of you. <laughs> Your dirt. 
And when this, and when a seed is planted in you, a seed begins to flourish. A seed has the ability to grow inside of you. So how do we grow? We get the right things planted in us and get the wrong things uprooted out of us. If we're going to grow, we've got to allow the word or the seed of the word of God to plant in us so that it can grow something through us. Amen. It's not intended for us to just stay. We've got to grow. Soil, soil's main purpose was to grow things and produce things that would benefit what was around it. Amen. And you as soil will grow things that others, that's why the scripture says you shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water. All of a sudden you have produced something that others are able to pick off of and glean off of. When you pray something happens when you talk to them they feel the presence of God what is that that's a seed that's been planted in you that you have allowed to grow growth is necessary and growth is important but sometimes we have growth we have the picture of growth wrong would you show this first picture sometimes we picture growth like this just a steady climb I'm all for that. And I just pray that 2021, that my bank account does this number in the name of Jesus. Woo, I feel an agreement in the building. Somebody say amen. (laughs) We imagine growth that way, but that's not really how growth works. Growth works more like this. It does. Growth works a lot more like this than it does the other one. It's not just a constant uptick. Have you ever been there where you're like, oh my goodness, nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. Nine to five. My boss is a jerk. Nothing's nothing's happening. Nothing. I'm sorry. If you're the boss, I'm sorry. Maybe... Maybe Lord's speaking to you tonight. Need to be a little nice. I'm I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You feel like, well, nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. Nothing's moving. Nothing's going forward. And you feel this plateau in your life and you begin to get frustrated and uncomfortable. But it's that plateau that forces us or gives us a desire to be somewhere that we are not at that moment. Growth looks a whole lot more like this than it does just the, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know about you, but growth is frustrating. Because when I get to this point right here, boing, 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 boing. You know what I'm talking about? Let me try this, boing. Try this, boing. Try, maybe this will work, boing. Maybe this will help, boing. Nothing's happening. Nothing's working. Nothing's changing. You're like, God, where are you? (laughs) Hello. How do we grow? We grow by the voices 
that we allow into our lives. Scripture tells us that in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Have may And just maybe some of us haven't grown because we haven't allowed the right counsel to speak into our lives. We have, the, listen to me, the scripture says that we know in part. Pastor teaches us this. We know in part part. We are the body of Christ. You make up a part of the body. You might, you might be a, a big toe and you might be a pinky finger and you might be a nose and you might be an ear and you might not see something that I do. We are, we, we are one body, but we each have a part. We each have a role in the kingdom of God. And so maybe, just maybe, we don't grow because we have not surrounded ourselves with people in our lives that have the other part. I'm going to tell you right now the way I grew as a parent. Five years ago, I was a bad parent. I'm going to tell you right now. Winston, I'm sorry. I might still be a bad parent. I don't know. But how did I become a better parent? I'm going to tell you how I became a better parent. I said, please help me, oh God. Please help me. What am I doing wrong? I started talking to some people. I started reading some books. My goodness, I'm reading the book right now because I still, I'm like, man, you got to get this thing together because I'm trying to allow the right voices to speak into my life so that I can grow beyond where I currently am. We cannot settle in the kingdom of God for this part. Yes, growth is hard. Yes, growth can be a jump or a leap at times. But if you stay here, you're going to live in constant frustration. You're going to pick at how cold or how hot it is in the building, how, how, how loud or how soft the music is, or they sang your favorite song, or they haven't sang that in three months. You, you, when you get there, you get complacent and you get grouchy. I know who you are. You get grouchy. I'm telling you. Come on, you know who you are. We get grouchy when when life is just is what it is. We cannot afford to stay where we are. We've got to grow in grace, as Peter told us. We've got to grow in God because if God has called me to grow, there must be something greater in the process that I have yet to see with my own eyes. Somebody say amen tonight. So how do we grow? How are we going to grow as a body? We grow in small groups. Everybody say small groups. So I'm going to touch a couple things tonight. I'm going to let you go at 740. I've already talked about steak fajitas. Your mind's on that. So I'm not going to go much longer tonight. But this is how, this is how we grow tonight. Are you ready? Uh, we join a small group. We, well, what, is, what in the world is a small group, Cody? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to talk about it tonight. Small groups are groups that are small. <laughs> Woo! And then the Greek... Small groups are groups within the church where we grow together. Give you an example. A small group that we've had in this church for years. Sister Amy Brown, would you stand? 
A small group that we, I'm sorry, Sister Amy, I did this to you. A small group that we have had in this church for years is Financial Peace University. Has anybody been through Financial Peace University and been blessed by it and your life's been changed by it? Would you clap your hands? As a witness, thank you, Sister Amy, you can be seated. What is that? That is a small group where we come together and we learn and we grow. Uh, We have small groups like men's basketball (laughs) where we try to shrink and not grow. (laughs) We come together as as, as men for fellowship, for a good time, but we come for more than that. We come, to, uh, we come to be around one another because when we fellowship with one another, it's a blessing. Can you say amen to that? So we gather together in groups. We do life together. We invite friends. Maybe, Brother Clark, it's been so amazing to see over the years the men that would never come to church but have came to basketball that would never maybe step foot in this building, but stepped foot into a, onto a basketball court, and, 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 and we had an opportunity to connect with them, to fellowship with them, to love on them, to show them the love of Christ. And so why do we have small groups? For growth and for opportunities for other people that are maybe in our circle but won't come to church, but they like you, so they'll come to the barbecue, Pastor Nehemiah. Or they'll come to the Bible study group. Or they'll come to whatever it is that we offer. A small group is a group that gathers outside of the church for growth and for fellowship. You're going to hear about more about it in a month. But we grow in small, big churches operate in small groups. Jesus had 70 that followed him. But he had 12 disciples, and even within those 12 disciples, he had three that he was closest to. What was that? That was the first recorded small group where he would walk through life with them. By the way, if if Jesus had one that, 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 that went south and didn't work out, old Judas... Not everybody in your group's gonna work out and is gonna flourish. I'm gonna tell you, if Jesus had a turnover rate, you're, you're probably not gonna be as successful as he is. But, but, but he had 12 that he poured into, that he walked through life with. And so that's the goal of small groups. How else do we grow in faith when it comes to the church? Number two, we join the dream team. Everybody say the dream team. We joined the dream team. What in the world is the dream team? I'm so glad you asked. Dream team is very simple. (laughs) Not as simple as the last one, groups that are small. Dream team is another name or another terminology for volunteers. It's not much of a change in what we're doing other than we want to create a team that people who are in this city and don't know God and don't know anything about the church, we want to create a team that people are eager and excited to be a part of. Amen. Will you, will you come sweep the floors? Sounds a lot worse than will you be a part of the, will you be a part of restoring people to a greater purpose by joining our dream team? That sounds a whole lot more important than will you sweep the carpet. 
It sounds a whole lot better, but in reality, everything that goes on in this building is for the same purpose. What are you doing? I'm restoring people. What do you mean you're restoring people? You're cleaning the commode. <laughs> what do you mean you're restoring people? You're, 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 uh, you're, you're painting a wall. Well, well, the reason I clean this commode is because there's going to be somebody that's never been in this church that, well, I don't want to get into too much detail about a commode. Amen. Praise God. Uh, so I'm not going to go that way. But I do what I do. <laughs> I do what I do because somebody that needs God is going to walk to where I'm serving and I want them to look and see, man, whoever did that, Joseph, they did it with all of their heart. They did it with every ounce of passion and burning desire within Joseph, what is it about you? I notice that you're in jail, but you're sweeping carpets like I've never seen it done before. Joseph, what is it about you? Why are you serving so great and with such excellency in your spirit? Well, I'm doing it because my call is much greater than this. God has a future. God has a plan. God's going <laughs> I'm a part of this team so that I can see the vision come to pass in my city. Stand to your feet and clap your hands all over the building. Come on, let's thank God. We thank you for the vision, oh God, you've given us. So we serve with passion. We serve the, the kingdom with passion. We join one another to grow and to learn and to fellowship. We need that. You know we need fellowship. You know that the Bible says we need fellowship. You know the Bible says two are better than one. It's better if one can put a thousand of, we can go on for hours tonight. And if you want to, we can. But one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. There is a power. There's something that happens when the body gets together. There's growth and advancement that happens in the kingdom of God. And sometimes what pastor has taught us is growth is difficult. You can't grow without. See, some of y'all didn't study hard enough. Some of y'all didn't look at that message. You can't grow without change. Turn to your neighbor, say change. Some of y'all got it. Some of y'all didn't. And you can't change without conflict. You can't change without conflict. So what happens in step two? Conflict. <laughs> Not conflict, no, no. Your team leader comes up to you. Sister Helen, you're so nice, so I'm going to use you as, as an example. Your team leader, your dream team leader comes up to you. She's the greeter team leader. Sister Helen comes up to you and said, hey, I noticed that when you're greeting people, you're not smiling very much. Why? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, this is, this is just my face. God made me this way. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's, and, and she's going to say back to you, well, you need to change that face. Amen. 
What is that? A little bit of conflict so that you can grow. And you're going to be better because of the conflict that you experience. I am so glad, Pastor, that you hurt me. (laughs) Not physically, (laughs) but you brought me into your office. I don't know how many times. You're still bringing me into your office, praise God. And you challenged what I was doing. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't do this. Wouldn't it have been a terrible thing if I had said, well, you don't love me. You don't know what I've been through, so that's why I do this. This is my personality. This is how I was raised. You know how we get when change starts. But we must have conflict so that we can change. Thank God that at one point that this word conflicted with the way you and I were living. My goodness, I'm thankful that the word conflicted with something that was going on in my spirit because when that conflict happened, it let me know change has got to happen. Change is necessary. So what is growth? What is what is conflict? What is conflict? Did I allow the conflict of surgeries in Winston's eye because I don't like him? Did I allow those surgeries and those appointments and all of those things because I had something against him? We, that's how we do sometimes when people when people press us about things. We say, you're attacking me. You're against me. That's, that's ex- we have it totally wrong. It's a lie from hell to believe that somebody that corrects you is against you. It's wrong. As a matter of fact, if somebody corrects you, they love, you think they enjoy correction? You think they enjoy, nobody enjoys moments of conflict, but if we don't have it, we're not going to grow. And so we allow conflict, we allow those things so that we can be better for it, so that, so that the people who are under us can grow. And that's why we have conflict so that we can grow in our faith. Amen. So people are restored by loving God and loving people, then growing in faith. We have to grow. It is the growth that equips us, that gives us the tools that we need to be able to go and save the world. Next week, I'm going to talk about going to save the world and the role that you have in that. It's going to be, it's going to be great. And I'm, I'm thankful. Thank, thank you for, for being so attentive and listening tonight. Uh, this is, this is, you're going to see a lot of this over the next long time. You're going to see this. This is, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. And we care enough about the souls that God has put in our care to make sure that we 
three that were with them when they're born and were still with them in the process of their growth and were also with them when God sends them to the purpose, whether it be here, whether it be Crooksville, McConnellsville, Vietnam, Gloucester, uh, uh, Guatemala, it can be wherever, but we want, amen, we believe every person in this building has a purpose in the kingdom of God. And that's why we grow. Lift your hands all over the building. Lord, I pray for these people tonight. Thank you for these wonderful people under the sound of my voice. God, you have, you have placed us, God, in an hour, in a time as this, God, so that we can see this world and this city and our families changed. God, I pray that we would buy in, Lord, to the vision and the system of this church. Change is difficult, certainly, but God, I pray that you would help us, help us, God, to be a part of what you are doing in this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. If you've ever, if you have ever wanted to be involved in the church and you're not involved right now, now is a great time to hop on board. Somebody say amen to that. Now is a great time to get involved in the church. Amen. We are restoring people together. We're going to see people saved together. How about it? We're going to see, amen, a difference made in this city together. If you, if, there, if you need special prayer about something tonight, you're welcome to come to this altar. The presence of God is in this room, and I'm thankful for it tonight. If you want special prayer tonight, you're welcome to come to this altar. If not, they're going to play, and they're going to sing for a moment. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.